Kelly draws the slide. Man's wide open. Time. Room. Bullseye. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome to episode seven of the Crease Die, presented by Barstool Sports, your one-stop shop for that stick talk for lax rats by lax rats. I'm Jordy from Barstool. Joined alongside me, as always, week in, week out, we got the kid, Robbio. Rob, how we doing this Friday? What is going on, Jordy? It is uh, the kid's birthday week, turning the big 2-4. A little under the weather, so I'm hopped up on some emergency, but uh, we're doing well, man. Had a great week of lac- great weekend of lacrosse, and now up ahead, we got, we got a big slate ahead of us, Jordy. Birthday weekend? Hey, is, uh, is, is that Venmo open? Yeah, Venmo is open, Rob uh, hyphen Orazetti, that's O-R-A-Z-I-E-T-T-I, chuck me some bills, drinks on me in the city, my treat. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to send you 69 cents at some point this weekend, but listen, I I, I mean, I, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but I really don't think that too many people give a shit about your birthday. People care about this upcoming weekend in college across. It is a huge weekend with some big time matchups coming up. And this is a, a huge episode for us as we've got a senior captain from Johns Hopkins University, Joel Tinney. On today's episode, nice little interview with Joel Tinney. That's uh, our second Canadian guest in a row. So, you know, huge for the crease dive being international moving forward. And speaking of Joel Tinney and the Hopkins Blue Jays, they put a fucking waxing on Princeton last Saturday night. And this was vintage Hopkins at Homewood beatdown. It was it was almost tough to I, I felt so bad for the Princeton Tigers because that is just a shitty ride home after getting your dicks kicked in. No, I mean, yeah, that was an absolute molly whopping. Uh, I mean, dude, you always say it. Hopkins looks so much better when they're on Homewood. Everything looks better on Homewood. We'll we'll talk about it later in the interview with Joel, but I mean, dude, their jerseys have been lights out. Strong believers on the crease dive. You look good, feel good, you play good, and they're doing all that. And uh, yeah, dude, they're gonna have a test on their hands this weekend against the Syracuse team. They're gonna make the trip up to the dome. Dude, talk about two teams that are just I, you. You look at the teams and everything about them hate each other. Well, yeah, they hate each other, but everything about those. I mean, they both look so fresh. They're both always set up in some of the best uniforms. Both of those offenses ball out. I mean, fundamentals get the hell out of here when we're talking about Hopkins versus Syracuse. So that's going to be a huge one this weekend. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Joel Tinney popped off, had one of the, you know, the, the biggest baller goals of the weekend. Uh, we talk about that a little bit with him in the interview, uh, you know, for Princeton, you know, Michael Sowers, he, he was able to do what he needed to do in that game. I think he ended up with like three or four goals, but it just wasn't enough. I, when Hopkins gets on a roll at Homewood, uh, you know, there's definitely no stopping them. And speaking of people, you cannot stop on a lacrosse field. Let us talk about the performance of the weekend. Numero uno, the new numero uno at Maryland. We got Connor Kelly popping off for a 10-point game against Notre Dame. This guy went off for three goals, seven assists, and and all seven assists were just 
filthy. I mean, he had one. He had, you know, he was dodging down that right alley. He made it to about GLE. He had John Sexton all up in his shit, all up in his gloves. He takes a peek over his left shoulder, takes a little fadeaway step toward this toward the end line, and just kind of dips it right over his shoulder. Dude, this thing goes like 20 yards cross field on the ear for a quick little goal. So Connor Kelly, I mean, I he he just shot himself up there to a top, you know, two cat for the Tawarton conversation. I mean, he absolutely balled out. I mean, he was our big dick baller of the week, dude. Connor Kelly was, I mean, obviously lost our reoccurring guests, Heacock and Rambo. Connor Kelly was a big factor on that team last year. He had 46 goals and 11 assists. Jordy, this year, he already surpassed that number of assists. He's 13 and 15. He's becoming that complete player that this team needs, that this offense needs. And and he's showing it, dude. He's... Ah, a couple of those passes, like you said, I mean, they're just they're, they're no they're, they're not gimmicks, they're not cookies. So he's playing lights out, and that was a big win against, uh, for Maryland against a, like a very very good Notre Dame team, dude. Yeah, and I mean that was uh, it was just a very unexpected game. I mean last year that score the final was five four Notre Dame. Connor Kelly he doubles Notre Dame's score from you know he gets ten points, so that's. <laughs> He, he he doubles that he he surpasses that entire score uh, himself with those ten points. I mean Jared Bernhardt also going off for the Terps. Uh, kid like Ryder Garnsey, who who you know we're obviously a huge fan of here at the Crease Dive. Uh, I mean he was able to uh, score some ridiculous goals himself for the Irish. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to play the full game, so I think you know maybe things change a little bit uh, if he's in there for a full sixty, but. I, with the way that Connor Kelly and the rest of the Terps were playing, I think that they came out of that one on top regardless. Uh, one that came down to the wire and we knew was going to come down to the wire because what what else does Syracuse do? You know, what else do they do besides end games in the final 30 seconds or, or overtime? Virginia coming so close. Oh my God, I wanted to cry for them. Coming so close to getting their first win in the ACC since 2014. They were right there. The only reason why they weren't able to win this game, I don't know if if you know if if everyone was watching, maybe you guys were watching a different game than I was watching. Maybe I was watching a different game. But dude, the Cavs, I what the fuck were their shooters thinking? They were going, they were going high to high <laughs> on Damadana for like three straight quarters. It's like, dude, he just shut down Army like the other week. Like, you guys aren't bringing that kind of heat high to high that's going to just blow right past them. I mean, they must have just gave up like at least, you know, five goals just trying to go high to high every single time. They finally switch up their shot selection in the fourth quarter. We got ourselves a game. But Q's coming down. Uh, coming coming on top of that one, 12-11, freshman Tucker Dordovic. Uh, he, he gets he gets four goals in that game plus the game winner. So what, what do you got on your uh, on your former squad there? Yeah, I mean, my br- my brother's on the squad right now, and he told me that freshman Tucker Dordovic, he is something. He's an absolute beast. He, I, no one on the team has ever seen a freshman like this kid before, this caliber, on and off the field. Like in the weight room, he's chucking up numbers that redshirt seniors put up. And to be a freshman and to put up those types of numbers, four goals, and just to put the game winner away against a very, very good Virginia team on the road. I mean, you got to be packing something in between your legs. I mean, this, this kid Tucker is, is the fucking truth. 
Yeah, so I mean, a, a great win for Cardiac Hughes. They keep that those one-goal wins rolling. Uh, unfortunately for Virginia, not only did the loss thing, uh, but they also end up losing probably their biggest leader on the squad. They lose Ryan Conrad. He goes down with what's being called right now a, a lower extremity injury. Uh, so that that sounds like a real uh, like a like a hockey injury to me. I mean, everything in hockey is either lower body injury or, or upper body injury. So Ryan Conrad, he is out for the season. I mean, it's that's a devastating blow because you know we've said it before here on, on the on the show. I mean, Ryan Conrad's a kid who you're watching Virginia play. That fucker doesn't come off the field literally ever. He's a two way midi. He's a relic of the past. I mean, we. It, it, there's just so many kids who grow up playing the game right now who they're so specialized. Either they're an offensive midi, they're a D midi, they're a Fogo, they're whatever. Ryan Conrad is a kid who in the year 2018 still does it all. Uh, so the fact that he won't be there for Virginia for the rest of this season is a, a, a real tough blow. I mean, Virginia having a great year. I guess they're 5-1 and one at the moment, I believe. Uh, and, and to have to go on without him for the rest of the year is definitely going to be tough. Uh, and then let's uh, – so Virginia goes down to Cuse. Let's talk about another ACC team going down, and they go down for the first time, the North Carolina Tar Heels. They go up against Denver. They go up against Trevor Baptiste, Ethan Walker, uh, and they go down 10-6 for their first loss of the season. Listen, I, I don't want to make enemies with the Tar Heels – but it's about damn time. I've been saying this for a few weeks now. They're they were the fakest undefeated team that I've ever seen. They I, the fact that they were able to squeak by without a loss for that long was pretty damn impressive to me because they there were a lot of those games that they did not deserve to win. So what do you got on UNC getting their first L of the season? Yeah, I mean, they were squeaking by teams like Furman, Lehigh, no disrespect to them. But like you said, they kept coming out. They kept coming out. They were undefeated. I think it was episode four. I had them as my man down. I was shorting the shit out of UNC, Breshi and the Tar Heels. And I mean, they, they, they did put up a good fight against, honestly, one of the most sound teams in the NCAA, the Denver Pios. But yeah, down goes Tar Heels. Another undefeated team drops. Yeah, so I mean, there there's only a few more undefeated teams left out there. I mean, obviously we got Albany and Maryland, so one of them are going to have to go down this weekend. We got Georgetown, a nice little surprise uh, undefeated team so far this season. Shout out to the Hoyas there, but yeah, so UNC another and then, one. Hey, 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 and then the boys, the Catamounts, Vermont oh. Catamounts. <laughs> How can you forget? Yeah, that's uh, hey, hey, Ian, buddy, if you're listening, I definitely didn't forget you. I will never forget you guys, and uh, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we have a nice little undefeated versus undefeated matchup between the Catamounts and the Great Danes coming up in a in a couple weekends here. And that's gonna bring us to our man up, man down segment of the week, where you know we we both give uh, either teams or players that we're high on for the week, and teams and players or whatever that you know we're we're shorting for this week. Uh, so I'm just gonna start us off right away. My man up of the week, I gotta go with the kid TD Ireland, who you know every everyone making a huge deal and rightfully so of Trevor Baptiste. He went, uh, I think he went 22 for 22 uh, against uh, against Cleveland State the other week in at the faceoff X. Well, TD Ireland goes out last last Sunday against Cornell. 
And he goes 24 for 24 at the faceoff X. And Albany needed it. I mean, that was a nail-biter game. Uh, Cornell, they had like a, a few-goal lead in the fourth quarter there. So if, if Ireland's not, you know, ripping up every single face-off, you know, who knows if Albany's getting enough possessions to come out of that one on top and stay undefeated. So TD Ireland, I, everyone knows that Trevor Baptiste is the GOAT. Everybody knows that as far as face-off specialists in the game of lacrosse go, Trevor Baptiste is the greatest, and he's still in college. Uh, but TD Ireland giving him a run for his money. And my man up is Cardiac Cuse. Cardiac Cuse is back. They got their name last year by all those OT thrillers, those buzzer beater goals, and they are back. We saw it. Freshman Tucker uh, Dordovic uh, beat Cuse in the final minute goal, and obviously Desco's probably not happy. His blood pressure is not cooperating with that, but Cardiac Cuse is back, and they're here to stay. Never count them out. I'm starting to think that they're planning this, but we'll, we'll see against Hopkins. Uh, who do you have for your man down? Yeah, my man down of the week. Uh, so, I mean, I, I guess it might be a little regional. I haven't actually checked an actual you know weather radar map for the entire East Coast or the entire nation. But if you're on the East Coast, it's the goddamn weather. Uh, you know, we, we said this the very first episode of the podcast the fact that people think that lacrosse is a spring sport is an absolute joke. It is an outdoor winter sport through and through. I mean, there the you know the entire East Coast is just covered in a in a, an entire you know sleet of snow right now. Uh, so I mean, it's definitely going to be something that teams are going to have to kind of battle through. You know, through practices this week. You know, whether you're stuck inside. Or if the boys have to, you know, plow the turf or, you know, they're out there in, in the freezing cold. So, I mean, it's it's going to be tough for a lot of teams to, you know, prepare for games this weekend. Uh, but, you know, everyone has to fight through the same shit. So, you know, I, I don't think that it gives anyone necessarily a bigger advantage over anybody else. But the goddamn weather, it this always happens in the beginning of March. I mean, we think that the, the winter's over. We think that, you know, spring's finally here. And then all of a sudden we get just dumped on with snow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a tough time to be a, a bench player out there just kind of freezing your balls off in the snow, but this weather can suck a dick. And, uh, who, who do you got for your man down? My man down is the coach who runs the box, the substitution box. Uh, he's a hassle. He's a nag. He's pulling you back. He's yelling at you. Yeah, I know he's, He's pretty important in the sense that, you know, your team's not getting flagged. But I was watching uh, one game this weekend. I want to say it was a D3 game. And there was this coach just – he was like the whole back guy in football. He was just ripping back this player's jersey to the point where he was almost tearing off. Um, I thought to myself when I was playing back in my day, which was like two years ago, um, and I had to run through the box as a midi. I just fucking hated the sideline coach. So <laughs> I hate all sideline coaches. Where where is this coming from? I mean, who what what sideline coach hurt you so bad to put them down as your man down of the week? By the way, I myself you run the box. I'm a I'm a box. I run the, I, for yeah, for I my like high you. school team that I coach. I'm running the box. So this uh yeah this this uh, podcast just got a little bit awkward because how many how many times how many times a game do you tell your team to to get back? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm also always hyping up the squad on the sideline. So I, I think a rowdy side, the rowdier the sideline, the better. 
but I mean, I, I'm always telling those. I also coach like little like ten year olds, and I always got to tell those fuckers to get out of the box, clean up the box, try to put the stick down there at the box, make sure no one comes across there. I'm getting bitched at the refs to keep the box clean. I'm like, dude, I can't control these savages. But you got the cone. You got the cones going on. Hey, Jordy, thank you for your service. Dude, it's 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 a tough life, and I uh, it's 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 just a shame that it goes unnoticed by some people like uh, like Robbie O. But hey, that right there, that is going to wrap things up for last week of lacrosse. So let's uh, let's dive right into this upcoming week of lacrosse, starting off with our interview with Johns Hopkins senior captain Joel Tinney. Let's kick it over to him. And right now, we are lucky to be joined by the hidden ball trick legend, John Hopkins' own Joel Tinney. And this is actually the second Canadian guest in a row here for the Crease Dive. So I guess you can say that we are uh, really just an international lacrosse podcast here. So Joel, what's going on, big guy? How's it going? Great to be here. What's going on, buddy? It's great to have you, man. Great to have you, especially great to have you after that monster beatdown you boys put on against Princeton last weekend. Uh, I mean, you had one goal in that game that was absolutely absurd. We threw it on our social channels at the at the crease dive on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I mean, dude, you you rolled out of a double team, put one defender on the carpet, put him down for a nap. Kept going toward the middle, stuck it topside, and uh, I mean, you you had a stare down for the ages with your goal celebrate. Was 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 that a was that like an actual? Were you staring down anybody in particular, or what was going on there? Um, not really. I guess uh, when the boys are kind of rolling like that, I ended up you end up blacking out when you score a goal, and sometimes you just kind of your body kind of takes over and you're not really thinking. So it looked a little it looked a little uh, weird with the helmet kind of being pushed up on me, but. Um, end up getting some love on Twitter from you guys, so I'll take it. How'd that go in film? I, I, I know, obviously, Petro knows that tensions get a little high with competition with a goal like that. Um, as long as there's no flags for after. I've been flagged once in my career for uh, celebrating a little too hard. So um, as, long as, as long as we're celebrating and we're scoring goals, he's, always, he's not always that angry. Who, uh, who, who's your boy down there? Cole Williams with the, uh, with the stick flip to start off the year. I mean, that was, yeah. Hey, if, if he would have ended up catching that stick, uh, I think that that would be plastered all over the place as one of the best highlights of the year. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the boys were rolling against Princeton, uh, and that's got to feel great for you guys, especially heading into this weekend. You've got a, a huge matchup coming up against Syracuse. I mean, two teams, obviously, Johns Hopkins, Syracuse, two programs that are probably the most historic programs in college lacrosse. Uh, so, I mean, what, what do you what do you got going into that game? You guys are traveling up to the Carrier Dome. Obviously, Cuse is you know they they're uh they're doing the same old shit that they were doing last year squeaking out these one goal wins so it's going to be a, a tough uh setup for you boys but what do you got going into cuse yeah uh, you got to tip your hat to them they kind of find a way to win even if uh they struggle early on they seem to always keep their composure and figure it out but uh we got a little bit of momentum we're rolling in guys are starting to kind of find their we're starting to click offensively with our lines and figuring it out and it's always a big game and there's a little bit more emphasis when we go up there to, in the dome especially to play uh, the orange, but uh, we're just focused more on what we're trying to do here uh, at Homewood Field, and um, we haven't been there in a couple years. But the dome is always a tough place to play, and you got you always got to bring your A game, especially when it's a Hopkins Cuse game like it is. Yeah, exactly. And um, just to harp on that fact, you know, getting the boys ready and prepping on a a trip to Syracuse, 
you're not only a senior, but you also have that C on your jersey. How has a season away from the sport kind of helped you lead as a captain? Um, I think I've always been kind of the player that uh, never really spent a lot of time on the bench. I don't think I ever missed a game before that. So it was tough, but uh, the boys and the teammates had my back and obviously they kept uh, respecting me and I have a lot of respect for them. So they ended up voting me the C and uh, um, it comes with a lot of pressure, but that's why uh, guys, especially guys like me, end up wanting to come to Hopkins, kind of be in the middle of that pressure cooker and uh, always have kind of eyes on you at all times. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a reason why you're a guy who doesn't find himself on the bench that often. I mean, I, I don't want to pump your tires up too much, but you're you're a fucking baller out there. And if if anyone has been watching Hopkins over the last few years, uh, they've seen plenty of hidden ball tricks. I mentioned it before introducing you to the show. Uh, they've seen plenty of hidden ball tricks with uh, 55 heavily involved. So I mean, as a as a senior captain, as one of the uh, leaders of the offense, like. You know, who's deciding when and where you guys break out those hidden ball tricks? They're always fun to watch. They always make the highlight reels at the end of the day. Uh, I, like, are you, a, are you a driving force on that, or is that something that Petro's involved in, or what's going on with that? Coach P focuses a lot on the uh, defense, but uh, Coach Benson, our offense coordinator, gives us a little bit of freedom, and it's kind of just uh, spur of the moment type thing. A couple guys on the same page, and one guy pretends he has it. Sooner or later, I'm going to have to give it up and not – keep it for myself because uh nowadays jogging down the field the other guys are screaming watch for hidden balls but um besides that it just comes down to chemistry and uh th- the creativity of the sport you got a lot of control of the over the ball like not so much as in hockey where the puck's kind of always loose but in lacrosse we always got a hold of the ball so you can get a little more creative with plays and tricks up your sleeves your coaching staff is definitely letting the boys ball out and having a little bit of fun out there just Speaking of Petro, what what's he like as a coach? Does he ever just rip a Tony Soprano uh, impression out there? Uh, yeah, he's intense. He's a big, big guy. He's uh, obviously one of the better defenders of the sports ever seen in field lacrosse, and uh, he's passionate. So he uh, knows what he expects of himself as a coach, and he holds players to that high standard. So yeah, sometimes uh, we get heated at practice, and sometimes even he butts heads with guys. But um, he's always welcome to hear what players have to say, and. Uh, he's definitely not afraid to say what he has to say, but most of the time he's right and uh, makes the guys better because of it. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, being around Hopkins for so long and hearing a ton of stuff, let's uh, let let me bring up one of the more you know controversial parts of Hopkins lacrosse. Something that it's it's real polarizing in the sport, at least with fans. And I'm talking about the Johns Hopkins, the pep rally band. Um, you know, I feel like people either love it or they hate it. I'm I'm on the side where. You know, I'm someone who firmly believes that college lacrosse is always better when Hopkins is great. And when Hopkins is great, you're hearing that band play all the goddamn time. Uh, so as someone, you know, who, who's been, you know, lighting the lamp yourself a ton of times and getting that band to play, you know, are, are you boys like, what, what are your thoughts on the band? Are you guys a fan of it? Does it get annoying or does it just fire you up knowing that you're pissing off the rest of the world getting those guys to play every game? Um, it jacks us up, especially uh, obviously with our man up clicking at what it was last year and uh, trying to get all firing on all cylinders. It's great to hear the cue the band, and we've heard Quint Kesnick give us a shout out about cueing the band. But it's pretty crazy to see. Well, they're uh, they don't fly anywhere; they drive to every game. So we've seen them out in Ohio State two hours before, already like greasing up their trombones and getting stuff ready like that. So it's pretty cool seeing them seeing them all over the country supporting us. And I don't think there's been a goal 
in my career that Hopkins has scored and we haven't heard the band. So it's a pretty, pretty rich tradition that I'm definitely fully supportive of. Yeah, I mean, Hopkins is definitely a place with a ton of rich tradition, always been a powerhouse with a ton of great alumni. Who do you think is the best John Hopkins alumni to come – or who do you think is the best alumni to come out of Johns Hopkins? And what are your thoughts on a guy like Paul Rabel? Um, if I'm going all of Hopkins history, I'd have to go for Dell Dressel, kind of the do-it-all, four-time first-teamer. He's a bit way before all of our time, but um, you hear lots of him. He's all over the Cordish Lacrosse Center, and he's a big deal in our parts, and he still makes time to come see us and support us, so that's big. Um, in the last 10 years – you got to go with uh, Paul Rabel, especially just what he does for the sport. He's a great guy, great ambassador. He stops by Hopkins. He's always reaching out to me and uh, kind of giving me his two cents, which I t- kind of take with open arms. And um, he's done a lot for the sport and being a guy that's able to stay at that high level caliber for so long and do a lot for this program. It's definitely uh, still a guy that I look up to and appreciate. Yeah, Paul has definitely done a ton for the sport, and we can't thank him enough for that. He's he's done a ton for uh, YouTube highlights as well. So uh, I've uh, in in my twenty five years of living, I've probably spent at least uh, at least a few months of my life watching those YouTube highlights. So, uh, but yeah, so you're down in Hopkins, and you know you're you're right there in Baltimore. It's pretty much the epicenter of the the at least the field lacrosse world. Um, so I mean, a, a ton of great lacrosse history, a ton of great lacrosse tradition in Baltimore, but you yourself, uh, like we mentioned before, you're, you're a Canadian boy. Um, you know, and as we've seen in college lacrosse over the last, you know, five, 10 years or so, I mean, there, there's been a huge, huge infusion of Canadian guys coming down to the NCAA and just putting on a show in division one lacrosse. So you're right there in the heart of it in Baltimore, but you're from Canada Let's let's just say that the two had to, you know, they you're going Baltimore versus Canada in lacrosse. It might be a fight to the death. It might just be a game of 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 lax. But who comes out of that one on top? And we can also go, we can go field and or box. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty funny. I live with three Baltimore guys. I live with Shaq, uh, Stanwick, Britton, and uh, Tal Bruno. So I uh, got a lot of Baltimore influence. But also my one of my best buddies who went to Culver with me and. Grew up just in the town over. Ryan Coulter's here. so uh, But in a street fight and box lacrosse, I'm taking Canada every single time. Um, <laughs> and then in, in field lacrosse, it'd be uh, pretty high scoring. I don't know Canadian polls would do right now. We'd have to go pretty deep into the archives to get some older <laughs> guys like uh, Noble and Brody Merrill to play. But um, I got to stick with the boys and take Canada three for three there. Box, field, and a fist fight. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Shout out to the boys up north. Well, now it's time for the final three, something that we ask all of our guests. And to start off the the final three, we're going to ask you to rank the Stanwicks. Obviously, you room with one of them. If you had to rank the Stanwick family, how would they go? All four brothers? Oh, yeah. Uh, We could even throw the sisters. We could even throw the sisters into the mix. You would include a sister if you want. For lacrosse or guys in general? Life. Let's do. Uh, let let let's do both. Who? Uh, you know, what? What Stanwick would you rather? You know, what Stanwick would you rather be in a foxhole with? Tad. He's uh the oldest brother. He went to Rutgers. He's a Navy SEAL, so he's kind of a kind of a big deal. Uh, he's the toughest of the four. But um, lacrosse wise, I think uh, I'd have to go Steel or Shaq. There, uh, just playing with Shaq has been a lot of fun. The guy's got eyes on the back of his head sometimes, so it's pretty easy getting open or being able to make your shots if he's drawn three or four guys. So I'm a little biased because I got to play with him for four years, but I think I'll stick with three, two. 
Uh, how, by the way, just going off of that, how are there, how are those sticks, those hand strung traditional sticks by Mr. Stanwick? I saw one at war at the shore tournament and it blew my mind. The thing looked absolutely beautiful. Um, we always crack jokes that the only reason he <laughs> catches some of the things he does is because leather is a little more giving than uh, regular mesh, but, um, something they did. It's definitely a cool tradition in the sport of lacrosse. Definitely one that's been talked about a lot, but, uh, they like it and it works for them. So. Can't say can't say much bad about it. What uh what what what's your stick setup that you're working with right now? I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who would look to a uh, lot 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 of kids out there who would like to pull off some hidden ball tricks. So uh, what what do you got set up? I keep it pretty simple. I got a couple of shooters at the top, and I don't even string my own sticks. I never really taught myself how to do that. So I got a pattern that I just get a buddy on the team to copy, and I probably got four or five of the exact same sticks. So if one goes down, the other one can kind of get the job done at any given time. Nothing fancy, no whip, no hold, kind of just comes out smooth. What kind of head are we working with? Uh, the new Under Armour Command. We just switched to Under Armour, and it was it's great to get back into the uh, Cascade helmets and uh, get some fresh Under Armour gear from a, from local Kevin Plank. Oh, I was, I was saying, speaking of, uh, speaking of changing, you know, kind of a lacrosse equipment, that a huge move for you guys. I, I don't want to get you in trouble with uh, – if, if you got any uh, STX guys in, in your back pocket, but huge move for, for the Blue Jays to go back to the Cascade helmets for this year. You guys, uh, as as far as setups go, lacrosse unis in, in the nation, Hopkins, you guys are right up there, like top top three for sure. Um, so the the bucket the the all black bucket with the with the white cage was Ooh. looking filthy. Pearly. Yeah, definitely. Um even with the stallions, we still had great designs on the helmets, but uh getting that white face mask, uh we're kind of teams are starting to move away from the black face mask. I think that's kind of an uh on its way out. But the white face mask, uh we're bringing it back out this weekend, so it'll look good. But uh definitely one of the better helmets I've gotten in my four years. Yeah, so I mean the boy the boys are definitely looking fresh and uh you know so you know the way that you guys look out there, you guys look like a Hollywood team almost. And let's just say that lacrosse finally gets the amount of love and respect that it deserves from Hollywood. Let's say that they make a, a movie about the Johns Hopkins lacrosse team. Who's playing Joel Tinney in that movie? Uh, wow. Um, if I'm, if I'm tooting my own horn, I would love for Matthew McConaughey to get involved. Uh, add a little, suspe- add a little suspense to it, but uh, more realistically, it's probably going to be someone like drama from entourage. <laughs> What about uh what what about uh Danny McBride, Kenny Powers? I mean, you guys both Kenny Powers is fifty five, Joel Tinney fifty five. That that could be uh I could see Danny McBride going out there, maybe dyeing the hair a little, <laughs> little little blonde there. Yeah, I, I mean that'd be that'd be pretty funny. I hope uh it's not the same storybook as Eastbound and Down, but uh he definitely adds some comedic relief to the to the film. Yeah, so it seems like the boys are absolutely buzzing down in Baltimore. Joel, it's been an absolute privilege watching you play this season as well as the rest of the Blue Jays. And obviously, we're hoping for the best to come. What is the goal for the 2018 John Hopkins Blue Jay lacrosse team? Um, well, I think the goal every year for a Johns Hopkins lacrosse team is obviously get to the big dance. It's a game that uh, our senior class and uh, hasn't played in yet. We made it to championship weekend my freshman year. It came up short against Maryland, but uh, I think that's the goal of every Hopkins team, and it should be. this. Uh, even though there's more parity in the sport and there's lots of teams that are start kind of on the uprise, it's still Johns Hopkins, and we still hold ourselves to the highest standard. So um, obviously that's the end goal, but we got to take that uh, one day at a time. 
All right, buddy. Well, hey, uh, thank you again so much for hopping on. Uh, you know, last week we had your fellow countryman Ian McKay on the podcast. He ended up scoring an overtime game winner against Jacksonville that Saturday. So let's uh, let let's hope the same thing goes to you, and let's uh, let let's look out for fifty five getting an overtime dagger in the Carrier Dome on Saturday. Make sure that everyone checks out that game. It is going to be. A, a gong show and it's going to be can't miss lacrosse joel tinney thanks again for hopping on the crease dive and uh good luck this weekend bud and good luck the rest of the way appreciate it boys all right and thank you again to joel tinney for hopping on uh i mean we mentioned it in the interview plenty of times but I, the kid is just so much fun to watch play the game so creative if for any reason you haven't seen joel tinney pull off a hidden ball track to perfection make sure you hop on youtube and check that out uh, i mean the kid's a stud and like we mentioned before he's got a huge one coming up this weekend but speaking of games coming up this weekend we have to talk about the biggest matchup probably of the season so far uh, this is a rematch from the quarterfinals last year it's a rematch from the regular season as well we've got the albany great danes taking the trip down to College Park, Maryland to take on the Terps. This is going to be, so Connor Kelly, he puts up 10 points against Notre Dame last weekend. Who follows that up with even more earlier this week? It is Connor Fields. We got two Connors going up against one another. We got Connor Fields putting up 12 points against UMass earlier this week. 12 points against UMass. Dehoga put up, I think he put up maybe like eight or so himself. So Albany rolled over the Danes. So this is going to be a huge offensive explosion type of game. Robbie O, what do you got on the Danes versus the Terps? Yeah, Jordy. I mean, you basically said it. This is number one in the country versus number two in the country. I don't care what sport you're watching. This is going to be a must-watch game. I mean, these are two high-flying teams. I mean, if you haven't had a chance to check out Albany yet, get figure figure it out on that on your end there. Um, but yeah, this is one versus two. This is Connor Kelly versus Connor Fields with his sidekick Dehoga Robin, reoccurring guest on the crease dive. So this is going to be a good game. I mean, it's I I, I have a feeling that it's going to surprise us. We see two high scoring teams. Uh, I, I think this game is going to be a pretty low scoring. It's going to come down to ground balls. It's going to come down to the face off X. Can TD Ireland keep this up? He's playing absolutely out of his mind fantastically. Um, it's going to come down to the defense. It's going to come down to goaltending. It's going to come down to the little things, riding and clearing. Like you said, I mean, uh, they're making the trip to Maryland. So this is going to be a real good game. Yeah, I mean, so last year, you know, these two meet in the regular season. It's at Albany. This was like the biggest game that Albany ever hosted, a biggest regular season game at least. Uh, and Albany or Maryland was able to squeak out of there with a 12-11 win. Uh, they met back up in, in the quarterfinals. I was at that game at Delaware. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, that's when Rambo and Heacock, you know, that, that was just a team of destiny. That class needed to get themselves to the final four again. So there wasn't any chance that they were losing that game. They ended up putting a beat down on Albany. Uh, that was an 18 to nine win. The, the wheels just kind of fell off for the Danes in the quarterfinals. But so that's two wins for Maryland over the Danes last year. It's going to be tough to beat them for a third time in a row, especially as you mentioned, uh, Albany has the Hogan Anacoke now as well on offense. So 
Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's going to be a huge, this is where we're going to see if Albany has the defense that can really have them show up to Memorial Day weekend this year. I mean, it, it's been something that I, I don't want to say it's been their Achilles heel. I don't want to say that their defense has ever been terrible, but it's definitely been something that's been holding them back over the last few years is they just don't have that, you know, elite, elite defensive unit. Uh, so, I mean, if, if they're able to hold Maryland to a low scoring game, like you said, you think you will see that's, that's gotta be a good sign for the great Danes moving forward. Uh, but this one, I mean, I just for the, for the sake of, you know, putting out highlights on social media, I hope that this one is like a 20 to 19 game. Uh, but speaking of Connor Fields versus Connor Kelly, so that's two toward and, you know, definitely they're going to be toward and finalists at the end of the year. Uh, the other two to Wharton finalists uh, besides Trevor Baptiste, I mean, we're looking at Justin Gutterding versus Pat Spencer, Duke versus Loyola. I mean, if, if you are a fan of elite attackmen in NCAA Division One lacrosse, this weekend for you is, it's, I mean, it's basically like a wet dream. I mean, what more could you ask for? We've got five and one Duke. They are going to Loyola to play against four and one Greyhounds. Uh, you know, that Loyola team, they lose an overtime game to Virginia to start off the season. Uh, and they've just been, uh, you know, they've been waxing up on some some lighter competition since. I mean, they had that huge win against Hopkins. So, you know, what do you got in Gutterding versus Spencer? Is it going to live up to the hype of Fields versus Kelly? Um. I think it's going to live up to the hype, but I don't know if we're going to get too much of a show. I think Giles Harris of Duke matches up very well against Pat Spencer. And also, (laughs) the game obviously has not started yet, so this is me just assuming that Giles Harris will be covering Spencer. But if he does, I could see that matchup going in uh, Giles Harris's favor. Uh, He's extremely athletic, quick on his feet, but I mean, Pat Spencer, I think, has one of the best, if not the best lacrosse IQs in the game. His vision is just second to none. Uh, this is going to be a real good game. Uh, Loyola is always a pretty tough place to play, so it's going to be interesting. I feel like, obviously, Loyola hasn't really had many true tests. They played like a very, very good Lafayette Leopards team, and they shockingly beat them 19-5. to But other than that, I mean, they haven't really had any true tests ever since their first game this season, losing to Virginia in overtime in that thriller. So this is going to be a huge game for the Greyhounds. It's Call me crazy. It's going to make or break their season. Yeah, I mean, so far this season, Pat Spencer has been putting up a little, just like a little bit over five points a game. That seems like a down year for Pat Spencer. I mean, we're used to seeing this kid put up, you know, six, seven, eight a game. Uh, and that's kind of where Justin Gutterding is right now. So, you know, I I think, you know, if <laughs> whoever is able to have the ball in their stick the most is going to come out of this one on top. You know, if, if Gutterding has the rock more than Pat Spencer, Duke gets out of there with a win. Uh, and then if, uh, you know, Spencer's holding on to the rock and, and Gutterding's kind of just, you know, sitting there by, at the midfield line watching it all happen, uh, then I think Loyola gets, you know, that, that big home win for that program. Uh, it's definitely going to be, you know, like we said, if, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, just elite level offense, if you're a fan of, of the best of the best, you know, all these guys who are going to be there as to Wharton finalists at the end of the year, uh, this is a nice little treat coming up this weekend. 
Uh, speaking of teams that, you know, speaking of teams, speaking of guys who have been there by, you know, around the end of the year, we've got a semifinal rematch from last year in the final four. We've got the Ohio state Buckeyes. They are taking on the Towson Tigers again. Uh, they're hoping to have the same luck that they had last year against Towson. So this time they are, uh, you know, it's at Ohio state Towson. It's, it hasn't been the greatest year for them so far. Um, you know, obviously losing that senior class that took them to Memorial Day weekend last year, it's, it's, it's been hurting. I mean, they've, they've lost to Hopkins. They've lost to undefeated Georgetown. They've lost to Loyola. So their losses, none of them are, you know, none of them are bad losses. You know, they get a, a tight win against Mount St. Mary's and a tight win against UMBC. So their losses aren't bad, but their wins aren't great either. So uh, it's going to be tough for Towson. I think that, you know, Ohio State, they haven't been exactly dominant either. I mean, they ended up losing to Marquette last week. Uh, but, you know, a, a kid like Trey LeClaire, I think that, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's been haunting Towson ever since, you know, that, uh, that Saturday of Memorial Day weekend last year. And I think that Trey LeClaire will probably have his way against Towson as well this weekend. Yeah, I mean, this Towson team is not even close to the team that they were last year. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is a, definitely a rematch. I mean, critics and the polls are really low on Ohio State right now just due to the fact that they've been just squeaking by teams. I mean, they're just coming off a 8-7 to seven win by Detroit Mercy. They obviously squeaked that one out thanks to Trey LeClaire in Jacksonville, 12-11. So everyone's pretty low on them, but I'm going to keep faith. I've been saying this, besides for their dusty STX helmets, uh, this team's got a lot of grit. They seem super close, and they're a lot of fun to watch. So, you, you know, a, a bump in the road uh, doesn't mean that their season's over. I still got a lot of faith in the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, I think that this could definitely be a, a big time chance for the boys at Ohio State to eat this weekend. Kind of beat up on a Towson team who's uh, feeling a little bit down about themselves to start off the year, and that's going to bring us to uh, you know another marquee matchup of the weekend. Obviously, the biggest matchup uh, for for this episode, considering that we had one of the main characters who are going to be playing a huge role in this one. Uh, we've got Johns Hopkins taking a trip up to the Carrier Dome. They are playing against Cardiac Cuse. Uh, and, you know, we, we've mentioned how, you know, how elite the offense is going to be all around the country this year in these matchups. This will probably be the most fun game to watch as lacrosse fans, considering how loose both of these teams play, uh, how much creativity they have in their games, and how kind of just all the coaches on on both sides of the fields, uh, you know, just just let these teams kind of do their thing. But you know, when you think about the history of lacrosse, you know, when you think about these these programs who mean so much to this game. Hopkins and Syracuse, I mean, they're right there at one, two. You think about all the alumni that have come out of both of these schools. You think about Desco versus Petro. This game is huge for so many reasons, but I think the biggest reason is just because it's going to be fun as hell to watch. No, I'm right there with you on that take. I mean, when I'm I'm looking at this game, I'm seeing John Hopkins, Syracuse. I mean, this is this was my 2003 childhood dream. I mean, Petromala and Desco are two names that are not new to the scene of college lacrosse. These guys, these are two legends. And um, just going off of that, there are also two coaches that just let the boys ball out and just play lacrosse, which I feel like a lot of coaches these days aren't doing. Um, they're, they're letting them play. It's going to be a high paced game, high tempo. Uh, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of energy on both sides of the field, offense and defense. Um, playing in the carrier dome is never easy. Um, 
I think uh, Cuse's main matchup is going to be Mellon versus Stanwick. Uh, that kid, Nick Mellon, just absolutely took cookies off Laviano last last weekend. So that that's going to be an interesting one to watch out for. Uh, the faceoff X, I mean, Varello's kind of been, you know, he's, he's no Ben Williams at the X. He's been pretty streaky. But, you know, th- this is a Syracuse team that is very, very w- – when they click, they click. But like we said in the beginning of the episode, and like we have been saying all year, Jordy – Hopkins, when they're hot, they're fucking hot. So this is going to be a real good game to watch. Really exciting. Uh, yeah, dude, this is this is this is a, this is an offensive. This is just a college fan's dream right here to see Hopkins versus uh, Syracuse. Dude, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm probably going to DVR this game and watch it at least four or five times, maybe in a row. I mean, it's it's going to be so fun to watch. You know, one thing to really look out for, I mean, I think that Domadonna has probably been my favorite goalie in college across so far this season. Uh, kid has been just lights out for Cuse in net there. Uh, you know, obviously not against Albany, but that's a different story for a different time. But, I mean, this kid has been putting on a show for, for Cuse. However, I, I think that the shooters at Hopkins, I mean, they, they just have different releases. They they change it up. They shoot kind of funky. You know, they're they're not giving you the same shot every single time. You know, they've they've got kids who, you know, the lacrosse IQ is there to change it up, and they also just they play a little bit more free than maybe you know a Lars Tiffany uh, Virginia team can play. So you know, when Virginia's throwing high to high heat at Damadana all day, I don't think that you're going to see that out of Hopkins. I don't think you're going to see, you know, Cole Williams go high to high all the time. I don't think you're going to see Kyle Marr go high to high all the time. You're definitely not going to see Joel Tinney go high to high all the time. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough for him to keep up with, you know, with those shooters at Hopkins. Uh, one thing that I think needs to happen every single time that Hopkins plays against Syracuse, we need an alumni game. Yeah. I love that. I mean, love that. Dude, it, it like there we there pretty much every single legend of in in college across over the, like the last, you know, decades and decades and decades is is either a Hopkins or a Syracuse guy. Yeah, Rabel, Kyle Harrison, the Bowles, the Gates. Dude, it's wild. Maybe uh, you know, maybe we'll be the ones to throw that all together. We'll get in contact with the guys. We'll get that one rolling. Maybe we'll have it ready for next year. Uh, but that is going to do it for our weekend preview. That is going to bring us right into some line drills. It is time to set some picks. Uh, unfortunately, at the time that we are recording this podcast, so it's Thursday night, it's going to be yeah, – so I guess you're listening to it on Friday. Unfortunately, uh, you know the, the service that we usually use for the lines and the odds, uh, at Lax Vegas Lines on Twitter – uh, you know, they're, they're not, uh, you know, they don't have their line set just yet. So for this week, we're going to change things up a bit, which might actually be good, better for the both of us, considering <laughs> neither of our picks have been, uh, you know, necessarily great over the last few weeks. Fade Robbie O. <laughs> Fade Robbie O is right. So right now we are just going to give you some straight up picks for teams to win outright. No spreads, no nothing. Just we're going to give you straight up winners. And we are going to start off with the Duke. Loyola game. Let's see, Robbie O, who do we like in that one? You know what? Loyola's really been impressing me from all ends of the field, but I'm going Duke with this one. Uh, too much manpower. Yeah, I, I got I got Duke going into Loyola and taking care of business up there. Justin Gutterding, buddy, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was great. Uh, and I've got full faith that Duke is going to be there Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and we'll see you boys at Foxborough. 
However, over the last few years, I have been getting uh, just fooled left and right by not taking Loyola as seriously as I should. So right now, I, I think Loyola comes out of this one on top, especially being a home game for them. Um, you know, I think their their fan section gets after it. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I think you know we we've seen Duke lose on the road already this year. Granted, going to Loyola is a little bit of an easier ride than uh, coming up to Philly to play against Penn. But I think Loyola gets out of this one on top. Uh, speaking of Penn, uh, let's jump right into Penn versus Nova. Uh, this one was it, it had a little bit more implications when Nova was still undefeated. Unfortunately, they went down to Brown earlier this week. So the Cardiac Cats no longer undefeated, just like UNC, another undefeated team going down. But it's still a big matchup here in the Philly area. We've got Penn versus Nova. And uh, listen, I, I've been high on Villanova all year. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we've mentioned before that they were a trendy pick to be, you know, one of those sneaky teams to make some noise this year. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe one loss to Brown isn't all, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. I think that Villanova bounces back, and I think that they take down the Quakers. Robbie O, what do you have on this one? Going right with you there. Um, just because one loss to Brown – won't solidify your season. Although Brown did lose to Quinnipiac. Uh, so you got a little uh, division one incest going on there. Love, love when those teams beat each other. Um, yeah. I love, love me some white collar Philly ball. I mean, this is Nova versus Penn. Who's going to take over Philly. Uh, I'm going, like I said, going right behind you. I got the wildcats here. I got V's up wildcats in this one. V's up. Uh, and now let's, uh, let, let's hit up Syracuse versus Hopkins. Ooh. Robbie, you know what? I'm I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Let's uh let's, okay. let's see where you're at with the Blue Jays versus the Orange. I got Syracuse here. I really I really do. I think when Syracuse is hot, they're hot. They're playing some good ball right now. They're playing some fun ball right now. Um although, you know, these coaches, I mean, they have a had a full week to prepare. Um Syracuse is without Nate Solomon. The homie after the game against Virginia, the little shenanigans, so he will be suspended. I could see Petro with that defensive mastermind of his, double pulling the middies and maybe short sticking Voight or a Bomberry. Um, but yeah, dude, I, like, like you said, the homie Dom and Net is taking care of business. Uh, Bomberry is playing real, real solid defense. You got Mellon playing textbook. He's back this season. Um, it, their offense is clicking. They're having fun out there. I, I got Syracuse here. Jordy, I, I really, I really do. Very, very confident in them, and and so confident in the fact that I don't even think they'll be cardiac keys. I think they'll be five goal win keys. Wow, <laughs> Robbie <laughs> O, coming. Robbie O, setting his own line on that game and having Q's cover. Uh, first of all, I just want to mention that the fact that Nate Solomon has to sit out this game after you know a, a little dust up at the end of that. Virginia game is an absolute joke, uh, especially considering that, you know, that Virginia after that game, you know, they, I, I forget who got suspended uh, for the next game on that one, but I mean, they went up and they played against Manhattan, which I mean, granted that turned out to be, an, it was not an easy win for Virginia over Manhattan, but the fact that, you know, 
you know, the Virginia player gets suspended and has to sit out a Manhattan game. And then a Syracuse player gets suspended and has to sit out a game against Hopkins. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I think that they need to look into a way to change that. Not that it's necessarily something that comes up every, you know, all the time. With that being said, listen, last week we had Ian McKay on the podcast. We mentioned this in the interview. We had Ian McKay on the podcast he goes on to score an overtime game winner for Jacksonville that next day. Will Joel Tinney have the same fate as his fellow Canadian brother? Will he come on the crease dive and follow up his performance on TCD with an overtime dagger on Saturday? Absolutely he will. And it'll probably be a hidden ball trick dagger at that I've got Hopkins coming out on this one on top in the carrier dome. Cardiac cues. You got to hit him with the, hit him with the defibrillator because they're going down. And now the game. I hate you. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> the game of the week coming up right here. Number one versus number two. 10-point Connor Kelly versus 12-point Connor Fields. This one is – this should be – you know, I always bitch about having to pay for lacrosse streams. I always bitch about, you know, there, there's not enough – there's not enough ways to watch the game right now, and I'm not going to pay, you know, a subscription fee to to watch, you know, a couple, you know, mid, mid-major mid teams get after it. I would pay a premium price pay-per-view for Albany versus Maryland. This game is going to live up to all the hype. And you, you know, I think that everybody knows. I think that everybody knows where my allegiance lies on this one. Uh, you know, I, I I love the Terps. I love what they've done. You go to four straight Final Fours. Obviously, I got to respect the Terps. With that being said, I am, uh, I'm the conductor of the Dane train. You beat Albany twice last year on your way to winning a national championship. Great for you, but it's it's not 2017 anymore. It is 2018, and it is the year of the dog. 2018 is the year of the dog. A Great Dane is a giant dog. A turf is just a turtle. I'll make turtle soup out of that. I've got Albany coming out of this one on top. Robbie O, who do you got? Wow, the year of the dog, but not for Robbie O. I got Maryland hosting your dogs, and I got them. I got them taking down the number one team in the country, Jordy. It's crazy to say, but I got Albany going down. I'm a strong believer, and it's very hard to beat a, th- a team three times in a row. But this is over the course of two seasons. Uh, Maryland is very well coached. They're clicking on all cylinders right now. We already saw Duke go down number one in the country once. I have just this gut feeling, but it's also hashtag fade Robbie O. I have this gut feeling that Albany is going to take the trip down to Maryland this weekend and they're going to fall to the Terps. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, we are going to have to see how this one all shakes up. Uh, I mean, it, it's like we said, this is a huge, huge slate of games in college across this weekend. A ton of top 20 matchups. Uh, you know, and like we said about Albany, it is the year of the dog. And speaking of dogs, uh, you know, we're going to shake things up a little bit here. We're not going to give, uh, it's not going to just be a mortal lock of the week. It is going to be our underdog of the week. What team is going to come in against a top 20 ranked team and knock them off this weekend? Uh, Robbie O, why don't you get us started here? 
I got Penn State coming into Cornell. Tambroni going into his old school, going into Cornell. I got Penn State falling to the Big Red. I got Tambroni going into the old stomping grounds and coming out like he, uh, like they didn't miss him at all, Jordy. Like they didn't miss him at all. Yeah, I mean, it has been a tough go for Penn State early on this week. They already have a couple losses to their name. They lose that opener to Villanova. Uh, Then they end up losing a shocker to Robert Morris. So, yeah, I think (laughs) a a loss against Cornell this weekend is definitely going to be a dagger for the Nittany Lions. That's definitely going to knock them out of the top 20. Uh, and as for myself, my underdog of the week, well, you know, we're going to start off with the, uh, with the favorite here, a team who has, has just lost their, uh, their first of the season, their first L of the year. We mentioned this before the UNC Tar Heels, they go down to Denver this week. They are, they are going to Hofstra to take on the pride so this is a game in, in 2017, UNC, they hosted Hofstra and they go down 11 to nine. And I think that this year, I mean, this time they're taking the trip up to Long Island. We mentioned the weather before. I mean, who knows what it's going to be like, uh, you know, in, in Hempstead this weekend. Uh, and I think that, you know, again, that this Hofstra team, they've taken down the Tar Heels before. I know that they haven't had necessarily the greatest go at it so far early this season, but they're coming off of a win against Stony Brook. Uh, you know, they've had a game against Georgetown kind of get called off there due to weather. But this this is a team that I think is going to knock off the Tar Heels. And like I said, I mean, they're, they're just not – I don't think that UNC is as good as their – as their, uh, you know, as, as their record shows. All right, and that is going to wrap it up for episode seven of the Crease Dive. Hey, before we get out of here real quick, let me just put you guys all onto something real quick. It is the Casey Powell World Lacrosse Foundation. Uh, you know, anyone who knows anything about lacrosse knows that CP is, you know, one of the greatest to ever play the game. Also one of the greatest dudes to ever come through the sport. I, I think that Casey's one of the greatest dudes on planet Earth. And what the Casey Powell World Lacrosse Foundation does, I mean, they're they're out there, they're raising money, and they're doing so much to support, uh, you know, current and former lacrosse players who have either been severely injured or you know, or they're going through some real tough, uh, you know, health issues. They're they're sick, um, you know. So what Casey's been able to do with this foundation is incredible, and he's got a campaign going on right now. It is called the Stick It Campaign for the Casey Powell World Lacrosse Foundation. Uh, So, you know, they've got teams and individuals, uh, you know, just making donations to the website, uh, you know, and and with every, you know, with with every $100 that teams donate to the foundation, you get 50 stickers, 50 uh, Casey Powell World Lacrosse Foundation stickers. They're great to throw on, you know, helmets, laptops, cars, whatever, uh, so it's it's a great campaign for an even you know for an even better cause. So make sure you check that out at worldlacrosse.org. Again, that's the Casey Powell World Lacrosse Foundation. We'll have to get Casey on the podcast one week soon to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that wraps things up for episode seven. Uh, it's I mean a huge huge slate of games this weekend. So I cannot wait. I might just knock myself out right now so I can wake up on Saturday and watch them all. Uh, <laughs> Rabio, you got any final words for the boys and girls? Yeah, I mean that that's that's really it. Shout out to Joel Tinney for hopping on the crease dive. Absolute legend. Had a real blast with him. 
No, we, we got ourselves a hell of a weekend to look forward to, so I'm really excited. Uh, make sure to follow us on our socials, uh, Instagram at The Crease Dive, and on Twitter at The Crease Dive. Shoot us some DMs, some videos of you guys tearing it up, uh, some crazy shit that you guys are doing in the locker room, anything. Send, us, send it our way, whether it be Club Lax, D3, D2, D1. Uh, any Lax is good Lax, so... Let's have a good weekend, boys. Let's have a good weekend. Indeed, let's get after it. Low to high to the day we die. We out.